where it's at. I got two Dan tables and a microphone. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Where It's At. I'm your host, Mark Pearson, and this is my co-host, Dan Hornstein. If you haven't heard us before, this podcast is a music-based podcast for anyone who enjoys music. On this podcast, Dan and I each pick an album for the week, we listen to it, and then come together and give a brief bio of the artist and then discuss why we picked them, and then we have a conversation about it. And real quick before we get into the music, you can find us on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Pockets 21, and you can find Dan on Instagram at Dwight Privilege. You can also send us an email at wherepod at g. Oh, sorry, yeah, at wherepod at yeah. gmail.com. I was like, don't, don't. There's no app before wherepod. No, just and so you know. So let's let's be fair. Let's open us up and say that we're both pretty heavily medicated in our own way right yes. now. Yes. You from Hawaiian barbecue overload me. Yeah. I took melatonin cause I got an early morning. And so as this episode goes, just a quick disclaimer, anybody <laughs> listening, if yeah. I start fading, you'll know. Yeah. And, um, it's, this also might work considering the theme of today's episode. It's, it's good to have, it's good to have a little sedation yes. going into what we're this. about to go into. I think yeah. it's, and speaking of mm. the music and the way I feel after the Hawaiian barbecue overload, there's only one song that describes what I'm feeling right now. And that is, I'm sorry that I got fat. I'm sorry that I got fat. I'm sorry that I got fat. I will slim down. <laughs> I don't know that. What is that? It's Wesley Willis. It's what? Oh, <laughs> God damn. <sighs> <laughs> Everybody has a Wesley Willis story. Every not everybody has a Wesley Willis story. The people that know Wesley Willis yeah. have a Wesley Willis story. If you're okay, let's let's explain this. Hang on, because yeah. before we can't just we can't just gloss over <laughs> Wesley Willis and just assume that a people know who he is and right. b that it's a good thing. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> Okay, uh, Wesley Willis. I don't have his bio pulled up or anything. Um, he was an outsider musician. Out he was an outsider musician from Chicago, Illinois, back in the late '80s and mostly the early '90s. And he self-produced his own music, uh, basically with a keyboard, and he just rapped slash sang over the top of it. And he had a pretty bad case of schizophrenia. Correct. Hence the outsider. An outsider musician is someone who is not classically trained. They're not from the music establishment. They're, they either don't know anything about music or they're some sort of disablement where they, you know, struggle with it. But in my own way, I really do enjoy some good outsider music. What else would you consider? Would you consider like Daniel Johnston? Yeah. Daniel Johnston, I think is another one. Okay. I, I do like Daniel Johnston. What about Sid Barrett? I've not heard Sid Barrett, but, okay. um, You've heard no. probably the old Pink Floyd stuff with yeah, Sarah that I'm that sure, did, yeah. But his, some of his solo stuff got a little weird. Um, and, yeah, and it's so all right. My my, I have I have two Wesley Willis things <laughs> that I know. I know about Wesley Willis because partly because I happened upon it through Napster. Mm -hmm. When Napster was a thing, I was in my dorm room. I'm old. Hi, if you're <laughs> listening and you're going like, who's this this young velvety voice? <laughs> that I'm hearing on Dan, he's yeah. got to be like 19 correction. <laughs> I am 39 and I was a, I was in college and 
2001, Napster was all the rage before Lars Ulrich came down on it. And I was living in a dorm and me and my friend, we would sit in our dorm room. We would smoke a ton of pot. We would just spend hours on Napster going through tons of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it ranged from everything. My friend at the time was a big fish fan and jam music. So he listened to a lot of widespread panic and Umphreys McGee and things like that. I was on the heavier side. I listened to a lot of, uh, heavy metal and, uh, a lot of punk rock and stuff like that. So, so the middle ground for us was like grunge and Nirvana. We both liked all that. And you know, Napster was famous for misnomers. Yes. And tagging things the wrong way and, yes. and tricking you into finding <coughs> yeah, the wrong file. It. And we had amazing, I will say this, we had amazing internet speed at the dorms. It was like, it was faster than what I have at home now for 20 years ago, which is mind blowing. We could download files in a heartbeat. All right. So that's, that's the setup. The other part of it that you need to know, and I'm, I'm going to take my time here. So bear with me. No worries. There was a weird ass fucking dude in our dorm hall. <laughs> and I, I never knew his name. Okay. And we, we used to call him the shaver because I feel like every time we would go to the bathroom down the hall, cause you know, it was one of those, like just they everybody shared a bathroom, shared showers and whatever. Uh, he was always shaving and he was like uh, next door to us. Okay. And who knows who this guy is? All right. So that's the setup. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're downloading music on Napster one night. We think we find, I, I think the most common misnomer for tracks on Napster was Nirvana covering inner Sandman live. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, it's a bootleg. And I'm going like, that's probably only like 30 seconds. And they just fucked with the riff a little bit and it's going to be nothing. But hey, we want to hear it anyway. So we download it. We turn it on and it's Wesley Willis. Playing. Right. And I didn't know who it was. And it's the most <laughs> unbelievable stuff. If you're not familiar with Wesley Willis, the song that I recommend trying is the one that I heard first, which I think is called I Whooped Batman's Ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that song came on and we're just dying laughing. The the His lyrics are what's the best word to say insane, just yeah. preposterous, preposterous. That's the preposterous best. Yeah. and very vulgar a lot of times. So this comes on and we're, we're laughing. We're high. We're like, what the fuck is happening? And also right. knock, knock on our door. Yeah. And I open it and it's the shaver. Yeah. And he's got this big fucking grin on his face. And he's like, you guys like Wesley Willis. <laughs> Uh, yeah (laughs) and it got really awkward after that and so i had a bad taste in my mouth for wesley willis i'm not a huge fan fast forward uh when we do sniggles we always Uh shout out that i i used to live next to a guy who was a rock journalist in the late 80s early 90s in seattle he covered the grunge scene and the punk movement in that side of the country and he was he knew a lot about Wesley Willis. And one of the Mm -hmm. things that he told me that I didn't know prior to that, I'd heard he was schizophrenic is that Wesley Willis had a forever bump Mm -hmm. on the middle of his forehead because he used to headbutt people. If he liked you, he would headbutt you and do it really hard to where he might knock himself out or at least have a really bad bruise on his head. So those are the only two things I know about Wesley Willis. That's, (laughs) that's the end of it. That was a long derailment. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's all good, but you brought it up and it's a good tone setter for the rest of what today's episode is about. Cause fuck man. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So this week, uh, we had discussed it on last week, last week's episode that we were going to pick something that we were kind of embarrassed that we actually enjoy. 
for whatever reason. And so I picked uh, the R&B album by Julia Sky Wright, Second Time Around Sky. And Dan picked... I picked Man of War, The Triumph of Steel. But we did Sniggles. We got to do Sniggles first. We did first. Sniggles too. So my Sniggle... You're- <laughs> <laughs> The one I'm embarrassed that, and I jammed out to this on the way back from the beach today. Okay, good and for you. Cat, cat danced in the car seat next to me too. It was just like all grooving around to it. Uh, Give me more by Britney Spears. The worst, probably Britney Spears song ever. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the one. I didn't know that that was the the one. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad that I finally heard the song. The it's Britney, bitch. bitch. Yep. Because you have to do it with like a little bit of vocal, like a little bit of fry, yeah. And like lower your voice into kind of like where you're like, uh, yeah, and go, it's Britney, bitch, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when did this song come out? Was this before the Kardashians? Was this was she doing that voice pre Kardashian? Pre? I don't know. Honestly, I don't. I want to say that. she was ahead of her game on that. This, I know this was, you know, the the post leave Britney alone, right. Chris Crocker, wasn't that his name? I think so. It was 2007 when this came out. Okay, I think, I want to say the Kardashians were around then. I think so, they've been on forever. Yeah. So what do you like about this song? It's, like, it's it's campy, it's cheesy, it's stupid, it's absolutely pointless. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) And it's so catchy, that's the thing. It's just, it's so ridiculously catchy, it's so stupid, and I know I shouldn't like it, and I know it's (laughs) terrible, but it's just everything from, like, the, like, even on the chorus, when she's like, like, trying to be all, like... I wrote that down, like, (laughs) I love the deep voice, Yeah. Yeah. And, like, all her terrible ad-libs at the end, where she's like, give me more. It's just, it's, it's terrible, and it's bad, but it's so catchy. It's infectious, man. It is. I will, I will agree with you on that. My wife's a fan. She likes, she likes the B. I, I call it the BS. She likes the BS. Um, I don't know. I'm more of a Jamie Spears fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything Jamie Spears has done. You know what this reminded me of? This is, I laughed a lot when I was listening to this song. Yeah. Mostly because of the way South Park ripped on it, where they had the, and I guess it was around the Kardashians time because the, it's like the big heavy girl, Lisa Berger. Uh-huh. She's all ugly, but she's good at Photoshopping <laughs> herself. And she does this song about like, it's totally making fun of Britney Spears on South Park, but it's like, it's like, do you want nice things? You want boys to give you nice things? You better work out slut. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a call and response thing where she's like party in the cookie trough. <laughs> like, <it's> so gross. <laughs> and so this comes on and I couldn't stop thinking about party in the cookie trough. I was like, it's outstanding. <laughs> oh yeah. No, what like when I I don't listen to the song all that often, but every once in a while I'm like, okay, I'm in the mood for something terrible, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna listen to this, and it just like it makes you you makes you want to dance a little bit, and the beats in fact, and it's just like oh, okay, and then when it's done, oh, okay, now it's done, I can yeah. wait a little bit. Yeah, I am, and look, I won't judge you for <laughs> this one too harshly. It's mm-hmm. I I don't think it's a good song. No, but I don't, but I have stuff that I. I listen to that's like that. We've talked about it on, on no country for, uh, middle-aged men. Oh yeah. That my kind of go-to song like that is uh chandelier by Sia. Yeah. Fucking, <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. That song just gets me. It just, it hits me in the right spot. I feel very moved when it comes on 
and it's it's a banger. It's so stuff like that comes on. Who knows? That's the wonderful thing about music is that it's so highly personal. Right. It doesn't matter. Right. If if something's I mean, there is stuff that I would say is objectively bad that I really enjoy. In fact, we have a whole episode dedicated to it. Right. And there's more beyond that. Yeah, this isn't like a one and done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what what would you rating would you give this song? I I'm gonna be very brutal yeah. most of the most of this episode. Uh this one I'm I'm probably gonna be like straight ones across the board. This was <laughs> this was kind of a one for me. I'm going to give it a one and a half. I'm going to up it just because I did laugh at the party in the cookie trough. <laughs> I like objectively musically, this song is a one to me and I don't know why I, got, why I like it, but it, it, it is, it's, it is, it's trash. <laughs> but it's fun. It, it, look, it's fun. It's fun. Trash. You know, look, we, we both like a lot of, we're both big food people. We like oh, food. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm a foodie, but Sometimes it's also really good to go to like a shitty buffet. Yeah. It's, you know, sometimes it's good to just get Taco Bell at two in the morning. Yeah. These songs, this whole episode, this yeah. is our Taco Bell. Yeah. At this two is in the morning your 2 a.m. trip to Jack in the Box with their terrible shitty tacos. Yep. That, you know, two that, for 99 cents. <laughs> Dude, I can't get, help it. I love those tacos. You, yeah. You They're, get, yeah. you get the hot sauce on there. You're going to feel like shit after you eat it, but you don't care. And There's, you eat it and you get the curly fries with it. Yep. And you get a, a spicy oh, no, Jack with the, it. You get the egg rolls. Yeah. Some tacos rolls, and some egg rolls. And you just eat it and you wait for the diarrhea at 4 a.m. You have, yeah, you, you rest comfortably for two hours. Right. <laughs> as the fried cat food that you just ingested settles. <laughs> it's so true. So, what was your sniggle, Dan? That's such a shameful experience. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, we talked about last week. So my sniggles this week was the song Strokin' by Clarence Carter. And as I mentioned last week, this song is is a staple of (laughs) South Louisiana culture, where I came from and where I grew up. It's along with other swamp pop legends as... Van Broussard and other really cheesy legends like Ronnie Millsap, who will fucking he'll still sell out like a V a VW Hall <laughs> <laughs> in South Louisiana where I grew up. Um, and this is Clarence Carter stroking uh, a love song, if mm-hmm. you will, to the ladies. It's got <laughs> full on like just eighties synth bad. Bad oh, yeah. production, bad horrible sounds, production, horrible sounds on it, <laughs> and the vocals are like way too way too loud in the mix. Yeah, he's got a weird like reverb that he doesn't need on his voice. No. And but what can I say that once you get over that, once you get set in it though, it, it, these this is one of those wonderful examples where everything just works together perfectly. Mm-hmm. And, and Clarence Carter stroking, and it's poetic. Yeah. And in a way, and uh, yeah, he just, he gets up there. He started the whole song's about making love. And he's like, you know, how many times have you made love? Yeah. Did you make love yesterday? <laughs> Did you make love last week? And he, it sounds like a preacher a little bit, yeah. he, but he's like, it's super nasty and vulgar. Uh, yeah. Just such a wonderful <laughs> song. It's got a cool little guitar riff that goes on it. And they play this song. I've, I've mentioned this last week. I'll say it again. They play this song at every Louisiana wedding. You'll see like, Old 80-year-old white women just, like, lose their shit when Clarence Carter comes on. <laughs> no idea why that works. 
It's it's a cultural thing. It, <laughs> but not a good one. No, not you know, a good one. Yeah, it's a shameful. It's it's this is it's the Jack in the Box taco shame. It's good yeah. while it's on. Yeah, and then after that, you're like, oh, shower. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> I fr- I listened to this last when after you told me I, I was like I got to listen to this I started listening to this and I was like why do I feel like I just need to walk around like making the jerk off motion yes <laughs> or or back me up on this I need to go buy some alligator skin boots exactly like now yeah <laughs> and just wear those and nothing just else that and like some some tidy whities yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, nothing says hot and human in make, Louisiana like make, that song. Yes, alligator thank you. boots I'm make and tidy cheese wipes. grits for my woman. Yeah, in the morning. <laughs> yeah, this is a bad song. I I do I did mention I wanted to talk about this. There's a movie that uses this song. Oh yeah, expertly. Okay. <laughs> And I'm trying to, I'm going to fumble the guy's name that made it. William Friedkin is the director. Uh-huh. He did The Exorcist, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And William Friedkin has made it. He's, he's a longtime director. He's made a bunch of stuff. He needed French Connection. He's got two, I would say, newer movies in the past 20 years that are based on plays uh-huh. that are some of the more, two of the more unnerving movies that I've ever seen. One is Bug. Have you ever seen Bug? No, but you told me you told me about it before. <laughs> Holy cow, Bug is is just it's a nightmare of a movie. And I recommend it, but it's one of those that you've seen it. You see it once and you go, I never want to watch that again. But holy cow, is it so well done because it's effective. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you feel horrible. The other one, same playwright. Okay. Ooh. And it's a and it's a movie called Killer Joe. Mm-hmm. And if you ever get the chance to watch Killer Joe, I highly, highly recommend Killer Joe. And I'm going to do a slight spoiler here. There is a scene in Killer Joe. The The premise of Killer Joe is real simple. A very white trash family mm-hmm. wants to kill their mom, stepmom, I think, to get insurance money. Uh-huh. So they hire a contract killer named Killer Joe, uh-huh. who is also a cop. <laughs> <laughs> and the cast is outstanding. It's Matthew McConaughey in the role of Killer Joe, and it's dark, bro. This is this is like the darkest thing I've ever seen McConaughey do next to True Detective, and he fucking kill, he crushes it. It's so good. He's so creepy. There's a couple of scenes in this shit. There's, it's, a dark, it's a comedy, but it's a, such a dark comedy that there's genuinely a few parts that I'm watching it, and I'm going... Oh my god, I'm I'm sick to my stomach, or I'm like my skin is crawling because he's yeah. doing such a good job. And there's a scene where Emil Hirsch, who's the poor guy who's like kind of getting everything started, he's trying to get the mom killed, mm-hmm. uh, completely gets his ass beat. Like it's a it is severe, but Clarence Carter stroking is playing over it. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> And it changes the game. And, uh, you know, look, it just, it, that's, it's so perfect because it, it represents the white trashiness of it, of the song. It's got humor. It's this dark comedy. It's, it just, it, it's such a fun juxtaposition. It's, it, you know, harkens back to like when, when, uh, Stanley Kubrick did singing in the rain for the horrible assault scene in a, in a clockwork orange. It's that same level of just insanity <laughs> happening on screen. And you walk away from that. You're like, God damn, like 
Clarence Carter's a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to watch that. That does. It's sound a really good movie. It's a, it's. It was on. Um, it was on. It was, I don't know. I think it was on Hulu for a little while there. I watched it a couple of times. It's just that good. And even I like movies that are based on plays. Mm-hmm. Total side note, just because they are typically very. They're smaller in scale. They're more acting driven, more scene driven, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And you, you get a chance to watch actors do some cool stuff. And man, kudos to McConaughey and everybody else. That movie. That movie's awesome. I have to check that out. So back to the stroking. I give that one beard. What did you okay. give it? I'm going to give it two. Got some, <laughs> I got some feels, got some nostalgia for it, but it deserves one. It, it made me laugh know that it does, but yeah. that's about all it did. It made me laugh. And actually what it did, I've never been to a wedding in Louisiana, but I could, after you telling me that and then listening to it, I was like, I could feel the uncomfortable feeling of hearing that at a wedding and seeing like someone's grandma get wet. (laughs) (laughs) Singing Clarence Carter, Clarence Carter, Clarence Carter. Oh shit. Clarence Carter. Highly. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? Cause of that, I'm giving it two and a half. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna bump it up a rating. That's that's fucking that's hilarious and gross, Mark. <laughs> I, I try, I try. <laughs> uh, so, what did you pick for your album? Dan? Did you want me to go first, or did you want to go first? Uh go ahead, go first. Okay. <sighs> this is like this is this is bad. <laughs> This is like when you're in a relationship and you're about to tell like somebody what kind of kinky shit you're into, but you're afraid of getting judged. <laughs> right. This is this is that that yeah. level of uncomfortable for me. I picked Man of War, <laughs> the Triumph of Steel. Okay, I said it. There we go. Man of War is a power metal band from the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned this on last week's episode. They hold the Guinness Book of World Records for loudest band of all time. Mm-hmm. They are very much in the, I call it Dungeons and Dragons kind of genre of heavy metal. Yeah. Dio, uh, Dragon Force, obviously, Mana War. There's, and then there's a whole like sub genre of, of metal that's Viking metal that I'm not mm-hmm. into, but a lot of people know and like Viking metal. And I'll tell you the story of how I got into and how I got this record. When I was a kid, I had a cousin who was really into heavy metal, and he liked a lot of. He got me into a lot of good stuff and and showed me a lot of stuff. He was about a year older than me, and he lived in New Orleans, and I lived in Baton Rouge. And somehow he was just ahead of the curve on on metal mm-hmm. as a really young kid. I'm talking like eight or nine years old. Dang. Okay, and he was into like Danzig and Skid Row and all kinds of stuff like that. And one of the albums that he had was this: was Man of War, Triumph of Steel. Um, actually we were probably about 10. I was 10 when this came out and I think he had it and he showed it to me and we listened to it and it, what can I say at 10 years old, (laughs) it did something for me. Okay. I will also say that at 10 years old, I had a weird fascination with the Phantom of the Opera musical. Mm -hmm. Um, I was super into that for some reason. And so there's, there's, there's parallels 
there's some there's some there's some there's some things that are similar between man of war to triumph of steel and like the phantom of the opera musical and even some of the more operatic rock like rock opera i.e um meatloaf bat out of hell bat out of hell Two kind of stuff there's just this over the topness this theatricality to man of war that they do um as the, as I've gotten older, my tastes have changed. I still have a little bit of a, a nostalgia for this, but going back and listening to this this week, I, I realized that there's really only three songs on here that I can listen to <laughs> and get through, and the right. rest are the rest are just they're pretty bad. They're unlistenable to me. It's yeah. it was just it was it was a rough week. It was a rough week. So. <laughs> The first track is uh, Achilles, <laughs> The Agony and Ecstasy in eight parts. Uh, someone thought this was a good idea. And I told you, I warned you ahead of time that this is, yeah, this song is 30 minutes long. Yeah. It really is in eight parts. And it, if you, you know, look, going in as 10 years old, I learned a lot about the Iliad yeah. <laughs> from this, you know, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, oh, okay. I got a total Greek history lesson there. Um, and it's, it's, gosh, it's just, what can you, what, I don't know. How would you describe this song? I want to hear your impressions. Let's, let's just take this first track first. Cause it's such a big part of the album and then we'll kind of breeze through the rest of it. Uh, so later. this Remind it. This is like rock opera is very apt to what this is. Very what you're saying, but it's like, um, man, it's like a play. Yeah. Okay. Because it's in the eight parts, so it feels like it's a play with a lot of the like way too much of that. Oh, it's everywhere. Way too much talking about Achilles. Yes. Like, I was like, okay, we know fucking Achilles. Just shut the fuck up. I was just like, <laughs> it was so irritating. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, at least I thought it changes at some of the weirdest times, but I'm like, it is in eight parts. Yep. It's, it's bizarre play music that children wrote. <laughs> it's <laughs> that children wrote. <laughs> I think I wouldn't be surprised if like a kid came up with the story idea. <laughs> yeah. And then like the singer as the dad was like, you know what? I'm going to do that for you, kid. Yeah. It's going to be your birthday present this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think. And, and it, yeah, it, it resonated with me as a kid. So that might be the reason why that worked. So, um, there are, are some parts of this though, that I find to be kind of interesting. Even as bad as it, as it is, there's there's a couple of things that they do that even today I'll listen to it and go, that's kind of a unique choice. And, and I, I can see where their thought process was, what, they were, what their intention was. Let me mm-hmm. say that. I can see where their intention was as they were going through this. And knowing that, I went, oh, good for you. You tried. You maybe missed the mark by a lot. Right. But, but I could see what you were headed towards, and I thought that was really cool. For example... There's one, I, I'm, I'm going to butch the story, but, uh, cause the story makes no fucking sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
never read the lyrics, okay? Except but I pick up on things here and there. He's like, yeah. I will not rest until Hector's blood is spilled. Yeah. And it's oh it's so operatic. But there's so the the first song kind of sets up the story. Okay. Right. There's an overture. There's an that's interesting. That's yeah. There's a little intro, there's an overture, and then I guess it's Paris who dies. Uh-huh. And then the, that kicks off the whole revenge thing. So the first song is meant to be a battle. And then there's a funeral dirge. Yeah. Which is guitar, 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 yeah. guitar, guitar. And each time they're doing it, they're like putting on another harmony and making it big <laughs> and epic. And it's this, but it's this, it's, it's a motif that just keeps getting repeated over and over. Um, and that's, that's epic. That's excellent to me. I think, wait, before that, there's a, there's a little mini thing where he's like, oh, friend of mine. And it, yeah. <laughs> yes. And he's like mourning. Ah, oh, it's so good. So then they have the funeral thing. And then it, if I'm not mistaken, that's when they create the armor. Mm-hmm. And the, the, this is the part that I think is awesome. Because I guess it's meant to be the gods are making the armor for them. And it's just a drum solo. It's, yeah. like, it's just like three minutes of a drum solo. And it's... <laughs> You know, look, I'll, the the couple of things I'll give them some credit on here. This is where I'll mention the production of this is not bad. It's pretty um, good. Yeah, it, it's a pretty decent production, and I thought the drums, as especially, were done very well. And clearly, the guy's uh, just a badass kind of drummer. He's very talented, so he draws his drum thing. And then there's a another battle where. And it's meant to be horses galloping, so the music mm-hmm. has like a very gallopy kind of feel. Then I guess there's a they kill Hector and they dismember him, and then there's a weird like dismemberment song that's a bass solo. Yeah, <laughs> and I looked this up. This part's interesting. I didn't know, and I've I never looked it up since, but. Um, I remember reading this like in the liner notes. They use a piccolo bass, and I've never heard of a piccolo bass ever mm-hmm. before. I hadn't heard of it since. Only time I've heard it used is on this track. I guess it's like an octave higher. And at that point, I'm going, okay, well, isn't that just a four-string guitar? Like, yeah. uh, like a piccolo bass. Oh, you mean a ukulele? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so <laughs> it had that vibes, and, and it, it's it got the, the bass solo that goes on about a minute and a half too long. And then the final kind of closeout song, which I guess is the victorious Achilles ride that he does. And it ends with a guitar solo. Now, this is worth mentioning, okay? Because the guitar solo at the end is important to recognize because you will hear this guitar solo seven more times mm-hmm. along as you along listen the to the rest of the album. <laughs> because this guy doesn't have a whole lot of tricks up his sleeve when it comes to creating a lead melody on guitar. He only knows a few things and he does those few things over and over again. Yeah. And it gets super annoying. So that's that's all of track one, okay? I'm going to breeze through the rest because I don't want to spend too much time. <laughs> there's there's Metal Warriors, which mm-hmm. is just a love track to metal that yeah. sucks. Um, <laughs> it's so bad. That could be Jack Black singing that. for yeah. You know, it really could. There's a song called Ride the Dragon, which sucks. Uh, that maybe has a couple of parts that I was like, okay, that's not bad. Um, Spirit Horse of the Cherokee, which I'm pretty sure is racist. <laughs> I'm just not sure how. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, he's really trying. I guess the song's about like the trail, the trail of tears and he's trying to be respectful, but in that it's, it's a bad thing. It's It's kind of like, you remember in saved by the bell when Zach Morris found out he was like part Cherokee 
and he went in dressed up and he had the feathers and he wore the feather cap and he had the like war paint on his face and stuff. And, and you look one, take one look at Zach Morris and you're like, bro, you, that's just, you, that's fucked up what you just did. <laughs> that's yeah. how I feel <laughs> listening to Spirit Horse of the Cherokee right now. I'm like, that's not the best way to honor Native Americans, bro. Should have no. just left that one. Um, there's Burning, which is hands down the worst track <laughs> on the record. That's yeah. There's a few things that they do that that really especially annoy me. There's a couple of songs where they, they hit a note and let the note ring. Uh-huh. And while that one note's going, the guy sings over it. And then they have a riff. And then they, and the guy sings over it. And that's the way that they structure their verses. And I that drove me bananas. Then there's the other two songs. There's three more songs on the track. There's Power of Thy Sword, which is the only other one that I like. <laughs> Because it's got Dragon Force vibes, and it reminds me of playing Guitar Hero. There's the Demon's Whip, which you can skip. And then, yeah. surprisingly, there's Master of the Wind as a closeout. The big ballad. Yeah. And, bro, I'm, I'll am i be very transparent. I still fucking think that song's a jammer. It, <laughs> it fucking... That one gets me. I don't know what it is. He's talking about flying to a rainbow in the sky, but it's pretty as fuck. And uh, it reminds me of the Scorpions song where he's like, take me to the magic of the moment on Mm -hmm. a glory night. Um, it, It just hits me in that same kind of zone, takes me right back to where I was when I was 10. So if I listen to this, I'm going to hit track number one. I'm going to spend 30 minutes on that. I'll skip over to track six and I'll I'll close it out with Master of the Wind. I might listen to Master of the Wind two times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad record. We knew that going in. It yeah, was we be did. a bad record. So <laughs> you know you make your bed and you sleep in it. Yep. So I listened to this and the first the first one which you warned me about was probably the hardest one to get through. I then the next one came on and that was even harder to get through. <laughs> Heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no metal at all. Yeah. That was, oh my gosh, that was rough. Um, to be honest, the, 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 the music itself wasn't bad throughout the whole thing. Some of it, I was like, okay, these guys are very good musicians minus the guitar player, just playing the same thing over and over again. <sighs> um, Impressed with the drummer, good bass player. The vocalist can sing. He just does the way too much. I I feel like the vocalist did too much of the talking. Yeah, he does too much talking too. But it's it's the style of singing where it's meant to be. It's meant to feel like dialogue. Which again, it goes back to the opera style. It's it's very Broadway. It's not opera necessarily. It's musical theater, and he's he's really steering into that. And that that bugs me. I don't like that as much. I will say this. While this album for me is going to get half a beard. (laughs) (laughs) My lowest rating ever. (laughs) Um, I think that's about as low as I can go because I'm not going to go zero. You can give something a zero. If you want to give this a zero, you can. I'll I'll give it a half a beard just because the drummer was pretty good. The production's pretty good. But oh my gosh. It's this one. So as far as fashion choices goes, just like Clarence Carter wants you to get alligator <laughs> boots, this yes. makes me want to buy a leather vest. Yeah, 
It does. A sleeveless leather vest that I don't wear anything underneath, and I just zip that up. Yeah. And actually, one thing I actually thought, I thought, you know what? As painful as it would be, this probably would be a pretty good live show. That's, I think, you touched on something. All right. A a burning question that I have, no pun intended to the horrible song burning that's on the record, (laughs) is what's the draw? Here's a band that when you, if you see their videos, they're, they're still doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. They're still selling out mostly in different countries other than America. Are they huge in Asia? I don't know if it's in Asia. It's South America, I think is South America. Like they're really where they're very much embraced, Mm. like in Chile. And why, why though? What do you, what is it that people seek out and want to see? I would think the theatric element of it. It's very theatrical. I think that's part of it. I think it's the same reason why people my age, 38 and 39, still talk about the movie Labyrinth way too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, little things like that. And there, there's a lot of escapism to it that I guess, I don't know, just makes it makes sense to a lot of people. Germans love David Hasselhoff. Yeah. So it's... But like, I agree with you that the, the production's good. The musicianship is good. They're clearly very good at what they do. It's the, the way they, cho- at least for me, the, I didn't give a shit about the story. Nah. I felt that the lyrics were garbage topically. I've been listening to this for 20 years on. And I mean, <laughs> once occasionally here and there, it's not like it's on a regular rotation, right. but I've, the point is I've heard this a lot. And I still have no clue what the fucking story's about. Uh, I I, I mean, the eight parts, I can tell you like what part I'm on, but I don't know what's happening in this fucking, that's the problem with musical theater. It's tough to follow. Yeah. That, that, that is the thing. The, the 30 minute track there, like I dedicated set aside time. I was like, I'm going to sit here and listen to this. Oh, you poor man. Just so I can like, (laughs) you know, get a proper, you know, listen in. Oh my gosh. I was like, how is this not over? It felt like an eternity. That first track felt like an eternity. (laughs) Literally. I was like the, the time is standing still right now. This is so unbelievable. (laughs) It's true. Time is relative and it's not relative to gravity. It's relative to this fucking record. Oh, that's outstanding. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel like we need to spend a whole lot more time on this. It's it's um, yeah, I I'll, I'm going to settle in it like one and a half beards, <laughs> if I'm being fair. Yeah. And you know, I maybe liked it a little more when I was a younger kid and I was really into thrash metal and, and shredding guitar and stuff and trying to learn all this. The sad part is I forgot to mention this. Um, yeah, I know how to play like a few of these songs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did have some fun. I forgot to mention this as a guitar player. Um, I, yeah, I, I like the, the Achilles song. Uh huh. I got about half of that down, buddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whenever you're ready, I can I can do about half of that really good. Uh, the one where it's down, down, boom. Yeah, I'm all good for that. I um, and I learned how to play Master of the Wind. It's <laughs> just fun. It's a killer jam. So one and a half beards for me, half a beard for you. Yeah. All's fair in love and war, right, exactly. according to the Triumph of Steel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, the yeah, like I said earlier, I picked uh, Second Time Around Sky, the album by Julius Skywright, who has not been named as an outsider musician, but he is an outsider musician, according oh, to me. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know for sure. Sh- anyway, so here's how I got to... 
here's how I found out about it. So like 10 years ago, I was uh, doing music with a friend of mine and we were at his place and we were in between like studio sessions. So we were at his house, just chilling reaction, uh, relaxing. And he's like, Hey, he goes, let me show you this album from this guy. I know he's local. And I was like, Oh, okay. And local so he to California, comes, huh? Local to California. No, no, no. Oklahoma. Oh, okay. So I was in Oklahoma. We were out there recording. So I was like, okay. So he comes in and he puts in this and I was like, what, what is this? And he's like, no, no, man. He's like, it gets better. I'm like, gets better. <laughs> I was like, what is this? So then he starts telling me, he's like, yeah, I know this guy. He gave me this CD. He's like, and he goes, and I saw him do like a high school assembly. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, just wait till you get to the song education. He did that song. Oh, yes. (laughs) At a high school assembly. So he's like telling me this story while we're listening to it. So then we're as musicians, we are like breaking this down. Yeah. And we're like, okay, this is actually pretty good. Or this is actually pretty (laughs) clever. And then we're like, this is just hilarious. And so there's like all sorts of stories. So like he said, he told me, he's like, oh man. So he said he saw him like a while after he gave him the CD. He's like, oh, hey man, do you like the CD? He's like, we should collab and we should do something together. And, you know, like we should like go on tour together. He's like, oh man, I'm busy or whatever. And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, he goes, I, I, so he told my friend, he goes, yeah. He goes, I had a million copies that I was going to sell, but they were in the twin towers when the twin towers went down. Oh. <laughs> and, he was like, and we were like, what? <laughs> this was released in 2009. <laughs> yeah. Like, did he believe that? I don't know if he believed it or if he's just saying it. Oh, man. So That's we were of- we were like, what? So my friends have the opinion that he's just like making excuses as to why his music career isn't going the way <laughs> he wants it to. <laughs> So anyways, we were like, yeah, he's like, he's like, he's actually like a halfway decent bass player. I kind of want to steal that excuse for something. (laughs) (laughs) He's, he's actually like, like, if I ever have to interview for a job and they're like, why didn't you graduate college? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was going to DeVry University (laughs) at the World Trade Center. (laughs) You won't believe this, but the week before I was scheduled to graduate, Guess what? what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Late summer graduation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was scheduled to graduate in September. <laughs> uh, so we were on a, a different country semester. Yeah, program. exactly. Yeah, that's why it was the world <laughs> <Yeah>. university. Oh, <laughs> uh, so. I'm just going to break down the tracks I like on this. The first one, New King, there's nothing really to it. It's just mumbled. It's not very good. Uh, on Earth, that, oh my gosh, I jam to that song. <laughs> I really do. Can I Any song that was minute? written 15, 20 years after the Soviet Union fell that references the Soviet Union is worth listening to. Yeah, I, I, this is what I wrote. On Earth might be the single most overlooked important contribution to Western music that I've ever heard. <laughs> Oh, that was brilliant. And when you you sent me that text, you were like, this was 2009? I know, he's still <laughs> referencing the Soviet Union. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, 
in time or it's time. The next track <laughs> musically, the worst song on here. It's it's the, from the jumbled out of clearly out of tune guitars to and everything. All the songs are just played to a drum machine, yeah, a drum machine time, playing the same loop over and over again. In time specifically, I, I wrote down the guitar on that. It sounds like it was plugged directly into the computer. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, I'm sure it was. Oh, and by the way, this whole album, it sounds like someone recorded it on an eight track recorder that recorded it to a hi-fi cassette. And then he put a boom box in front of the speaker that the eight track recorder was coming out of and recorded it on the boom from the speaker into the boom box. It sounds yes. like that. It's like when you were a kid and you had a boom box and someone else had a radio and you recorded in front of that speaker from the other radio. It's like that It's unbelievably poor quality, which surprisingly doesn't bother me. Though. That doesn't bother me either. It's I'm like, okay with poor quality. Uh, I can look past it. There's, I mean, a band that I like ween a lot that I'll talk about a lot. They have like one one or two records that they just did in their house in an apartment that are on a on an eight track. They were high sc- huffing Scotch Guard and shit, doing like mm-hmm. really b- terrible amounts of drugs. And it's it's that level of production quality, but it's so absurd and silly that you have to laugh at it. Yeah. Um, the end of its time is my favorite, where he starts going like one o'clock, two o'clock, and he starts cutting <laughs> down. Yeah. I think nine o'clock. I just can't stop. Like that's hilarious. But the one th- line from that song that I would just random as an inside joke randomly throughout the day at some point, I'll just be like twelve o'clock because <laughs> <laughs> it's just he does it at the end of the song. That's the final thing, and it's just it's funny. Yeah. Um. Education, the song he did at a high school assembly, a rap about education. And that's where I started to get Wesley Villas vibes. This is where it all comes full circle. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Basically, he says education a bunch, and then he says like one, two, three, four, uh, addition, subtraction, (laughs) multiplication, (laughs) reading, writing. You know, that's that's the the, essentially the entire song is just that that formula. With some like he, he he one thing he does that I think is brilliant and silly at the same time is he shout out he shouts out like he's an, a listener to himself. Yeah. It's yeah. it's so funny. In between the Michael Jackson eh, he does <laughs> like it's like he <laughs> Like, oh man, I'm getting my good books and I'm going to class. Oh, I heard that. Yes. <laughs> that was my favorite part. Not only on that song, but like even uh, what, track one, which is A New King. Uh huh. Like at the beginning of that song, and he goes, Come on, y'all know the song. And I was like, No one knows this <laughs> yeah, song. No. He does it on three tracks. On three tracks. Come on, y'all, you know this song. You know this song. I'm like, No, nobody does. No one at all has heard this, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Education is fun. It's funny. Uh, the next, like, three songs, like, God is the one, I'm my angels. I mean, they're like silly. You said it gave you spirit of truth vibes. Yes, Spirit of Truth vibes. I feel like this whole thing was written and recorded and mastered on public access television. Yeah, it's very, very apt description. It's got that vibe for me. This the the old Spirit. It, this is something that if he had done a music video, I probably would have watched it on E Bombs World. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and thought it was hilarious. And there's, <laughs> I wrote this down. God is the one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because uh. that's the response I had. Is the one that you need. I mean, I'm like, golly. Okay. Uh, um, Can I tell you, though, the the... There were a couple of things that I wrote down that I thought might have been funny. The cover art. Oh of yeah. This, we didn't talk about the cover art of Man of War. It's, oh, no, it's just didn't. it's a fantastically detailed drawing of a of a man with a thousand abs, a yeah. faceless man yeah. holding a sword who has triumphed over his enemies. Um this one, however, Julius Skyride, I'm looking at it right now, uh looks like it was taken at a plant nursery. Yeah. Um that he maybe works at. <laughs> but he's wearing that white suit, which actually yeah, looks he, pretty good. He, he it's it's a balanced photograph. Yeah. It's it, yeah, because there's like that waterfall it looks like in the background, and he's a bunch of ferns around him up it's on a just railing. All ferns. It's yeah. Where I don't know where he is, but yeah, it looks like a plant nursery. The other thing that's really fantastic to me is you and I both use Apple Music. I don't know if this is on Spotify or not. If anybody's listening, please yeah. confirm this for me. Because if it if it's on a Spotify and they do the same thing, that's wonderful. Apple Music has this thing where <laughs> they tell you what the recommended songs are right. to listen to. Yep. And it implies that someone working for Apple Music has had to listen to this and go, these are the picks that yeah. I have. <laughs> And for as obscure as this one is, they still have that. Yep. The recommended songs. And it's they recommend On Earth, It's Time, and Education. Yeah. And I got to second that. I think those are really good picks. Whoever the poor soul working at Apple Music that had to listen to this and star the recommended songs yeah. so that when others found Julius Sky right for the first time on their own merit, not because right. they're doing a podcast, they could find that and go, you know what? I don't know where to start, but on earth seems to be the one. Cause it's got a star next to it. it <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other, there's two other ones that I like, and that would be, it's my rap and, uh, the roof. It's my rap. It's a cheesy rap song, but once again, he calls out the crowd like, Oh, Hey everybody. You, you, you know, you know, the song, yeah. sing along and yeah. then he's like and then he talks about how that turns him on it's so awkward uh, <laughs> yes and then the roof is hilarious because he's talking about being a roof and then the end of the song devolves into dog barking noises and cat noises <laughs> and that's the closer yeah <laughs> and that's that's the very last thing of the song is the a beauty part meow. yeah uh <laughs> Oh, and, and you know a dog. Reminded, uh, uh, you know what this reminds me of what? is is like people that watch really bad horror movies for fun, like uh-huh. stuff that's just badly produced, like um, uh, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, right? And Sharknado. This is Sharknado of music. It, yeah, it kind of is. And I'm not even kidding. I listen to this album a few times a year. It's not like something I pick oh, up like God. <laughs> once every several years. No, no. I'll be like, you know what? I, I'm in a funky mood. I want to laugh. This is in a semi-regular rotation. Oh, you, so I will wow. listen to this album at least. There's like, you know, and I'll listen to it for like a week. I'm like, I got to listen to this again. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'll go around like humming got, and then like randomly I'll be at work and be like, nine o'clock. I just can't stop. I only made through it once. 
That was our deal. We were like, we don't have to go over and over. Oh and yeah. Over you don't have good. to. Yeah, I, I didn't have to, but I went okay. through this album probably six times this week. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I enjoyed I, it. I dude, I couldn't. I, I even felt bad. Uh, <laughs> when I was thinking about, cause like I sent you the spirit of truth thing and it made me remember this other video that I watched that was filmed on public access that I, when I was young, I thought it was hilarious. And I went back and watched it and I was like, Oh my God, I'm such an asshole. And so like <laughs> I had weird emotional ties to this record because of that, where, um, the, they were doing a rap battle mm-hmm. and they were filming it on public access. And like, clearly one of the guys was special needs Ooh. and it's, it's so it's awkward and it's bad. And, you, I mean, like at twenty year old Dan, that was drinking with his friends. I was like, ah, it's so fucking funny, huh? Yeah. Uh, and I watched it as, like as an adult, and I was like, oh man, like I feel <laughs> so bad for this kid. He's like, he's trying to rap. Um. And then I went and listened to Julius Skyrim like, right after that, and I was like, I'm just a bad person. I can't do this anymore. Um. <clears throat> so I gave it, I gave it one beard. Uh. Uh-huh. Because of come on. Because of come on. Because of come on. <laughs> come on would be if I had to pick one song on here that is that I thought would be the one to pull out and, and say this is this is this one's good. This one's this one's got merit. This got uh-huh. some good enough songwriting, decent enough danceability to it. It was come on. That was the one that I went, okay. This this felt a little transcendent to the rest of the record. Uh, I give it two and a half because I literally actually do enjoy this. Unironically, I do enjoy this. Like this, when someone, you know, if I'm, if I meet the right kind of person, I'm like, do you like, you know, alternative music? Do you <laughs> like stuff that's out of the norm? If they say yes. You go, how alternative? Yeah. How <laughs> like way out there? Like, yeah. cause like. I've showed this to other people and they've been like, Oh, you just like make fun of this guy and you're just like shitting on all his hard work. I'm like, no, actually here's, here's the thing. So I think music is a universal language and there are people who uh, clearly have talents and people who are exceptionally good at it. And there's people that don't people. And I don't think people who aren't talented shouldn't be allowed to make music. People who like struggle with it, but still enjoy it. Everyone should be allowed to explore and express music any way they want. Yeah, and it's it's hard, and in all honesty, it is hard sometimes to not just trash terrible music. But like a lot of a lot of that comes from like what you like and what you don't like. I trash a lot of country music because I can't stand country music. There's a ton of great country artists out there. A lot of people that can sing, they can write great music. I just can't stand it, and that's a personal taste thing. This guy, uh, Wesley Willis, I don't laugh at Wesley Willis because he had schizophrenia and he wrote music. I laugh at Wesley Willis because it's absurd yeah, and it's silly. And I enjoy that because it's absurd and it's silly. Like I, the, him just sitting there, I'm sorry that I got fat to that Mm -hmm. funky groove. It's fun. It's funny. It's silly. That's the same thing I feel about Julius Skyright. It's fun. It's funny. It's silly. He doesn't know that the Soviet union has fell long, long before he wrote this song. It's, it's a good, to me, that's why I enjoy it. I get what you're saying. There's there's an innocent quality yes. to it in some ways. And it's your what you're what you're uh, what you're picking up on is the the pure joy that they get. Yeah. A lot of times from being able to do this, even if it's not 
even if it's missing the mark. Right. And that's good because it, that I feel is like coming from it from the right perspective. I don't know if everybody would be able to have that right mentality for right. that kind of thing. It's a, it's a tough um, one to do. It is. It, it really is. I, I, I guess when I was listening to this, I didn't know that it was, it was, uh, uh, an outsider musician. And so I would, I was a little more, I was probably a little too critical. I feel now. And, <laughs> and like, if I went back and listened to it again, I would probably like, this, this is the sad part is I would be like, Oh, good. You, you did good buddy. You know, right. you tried. And like, that's, that's fucking pandering. So I don't know where I, I'm, I'm in a weird spot with this one, man. It's kind of fucked me up. It's, <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Like I, it's, uh, yeah. If somebody was passionate, really passionate about something, even if they're not good at it, Go for it, dude. Like, that's yeah. what I feel like. You know, you should, there should be enough safe places for outsider musicians or for people who are outside of whatever it is that they enjoy, outsider art. Cause I know there's outsider artists. Heck, I'm kind of an outsider artist when it comes to painting. Um, you know, like, you're not, I'm not trained, but I still enjoy doing it. I've never taken a painting class in my life, but I'm gonna sling paint in a canvas and I'm gonna have a good time with it. And if people hate it, I don't care. I've had more people tell me that, oh, you didn't follow the rules of art when you painted this. I'm like, I don't care I'm yeah. not about following the rules of art. I just doing this cause I enjoy it. And that's, that's what's fun for me. And there should be like safe. It, it, people should feel safe and secure enough to be like, Hey, you know what? I want to be able to express this and know that there's people out there that are going to enjoy it no matter how it's received by the majority. I, because- I agree with that. And, uh, you know, just to real quick kind of wrap up on the Wesley Willis thing too, from what I've, understood all of his fan base, including like the guy that I knew that wrote about him and, and knew him from the punk scene, which he was a part of was that they, they recognized that. Yeah. And they were, it was a very welcome environment for him and nobody was doing it from a place of cruelty or malice. Right. It was all very much coming from like, dude, we, you know, we genuinely think you've got like some, some talent, you know, you're, you're, you're probably not, you haven't developed it and refined it as a skill. Right. But that's okay because here you go. We're going to, we're going to give you this Avenue and let you pursue it and show off and do your thing. And to that, right to that merit, that's, that's really cool. Um, but it's a slippery slope. Yeah. It's a very, it can be a slippery slope on, yeah. on, am I enjoying this for the right reasons or, uh, what, what's, what's my satisfaction level from it? Whereas, and that, that takes introspection. Yeah. Um, I, I, I actually am really glad we did this. It was a lot of fun. Let's not do it again for a while. <laughs> no, let's let's take a few months. Let's take a before, little while before we dive back into the the difficulty of sub two rated albums. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you say that, but my next pick. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to feel about this. Do you know what you're going to do for next week? Do you have something lined up? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so for next week, I. Oh man, I have a few things to put to pull from, but there's a there's a, a band that I found and they're called Violent Cold. Mm-hmm. I think it's Violent. Let me f- make sure here. Sorry, I was not prepared. I'm just killing dead air. Say something. Say what your pick is, and I'll look. <laughs> so up my mine. pick. Sorry, I, I, I spoke. I referred to it last week. Uh, I want to do two EPs, part one and two, by the Devil Wars Prada Zombie Part One, and then the Devil Wars Prada Zombie Part Two. Both of those two EPs, they're five songs each. Uh, I kind of want to listen to them both and compare and contrast them because they're done about ten years apart. Hell yeah. <clears throat> um, 
if you like metalcore, the the first one, it's one of my favorite metal song collection of songs I've ever heard in my life. Um, the second one, I've only listened to it through once, so I can still give a good. I'm still new to it, so nice. Yeah. Okay, so we're we're gonna do that. We'll do two EPs from Mark, mm-hmm. and then my pick. The band is Violet. Like the okay. Color. So it's Violet Cold. I, this I found this album. It's called Noir Kid. I stumbled into it. I know very little about this band. I've been trying to look up more and more about this band. I've been trying to find some information online, and it's interesting because I I think this is just one guy. And maybe like one other person who collaborates with them, but it's all, it's very like, uh, like Prince or Trent, Re- Trent Reznor, where it's, it's just him in the studio, just putting all this together. It's black metal. I don't know how into black metal you are or mm-hmm. black gaze as a subgenre of black metal, which kind of combines shoegaze and black metal. This record, I went through it once just listening to it the other day and it really caught me by surprise because it's combining a bunch of different genres that shouldn't go together. Hmm. And it it worked for me. Okay. I think he pulled it off. Okay, so there's a lot of like Euro pop, Euro techno uh-huh. influence on this. Um, there's heavy black metal. The vocals are all black metal. So just a heads up, it's going to be the high pitched kind of shrieky vocals. Uh, but there's also just, I mean, there's just a ton of stuff going on. It's a very full sounding record. I showed it to my other friend Derek, who's a big music fan, the guy that got me into Rain and Kendo, and. I said, what, what do you think about this? This is, you know, here, I'm going to, I'm going to just going to put this out there. He's like, dude, I don't know why I like this. <laughs> I, went, I went, yeah, right. Like this is this, what is it? This is just getting me. And, yeah. uh, and it's not something that I would normally go for, but my, it just got, it just, it's killing it. So we're going to do the album Noir Kid by Violet Cold. I'll tell you, I went and listened to a couple of other stuff. He, this guy's been putting out a bunch of different records. He's got a few different things. Uh, so far they're not as good as this one. Uh, it's, he's, he kind of stumbled upon something special here. And I think it's because he added all of like the, the pop EDM influences mm-hmm. into it that it's, it's something unique. It's something different. I hope it's not going to be another one star <laughs> review from you. Um, I genuinely hope that you like it because I really, this caught me by surprise and I liked it to the point where I have a whole list. I have about 20 albums, most of them new releases that I want to get to mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm putting all that on the back burner because I just found this and it, it, it was so refreshing to hear somebody do something that's unique and that different. Cool. And I went, I want to talk about this for a little bit. I want to spend some time. So Noir Kid. Sounds good. By Violet Cold. Yeah. And Devil the Wears Prada. By the Devil Wears Prada. Devil yep. Wears Prada. Zombie 1 and Zombie 2. Zombies. Oh, yeah. It's going to be all metal. Well, except for the Sniggles, which we still got to go pick. My Sniggles is going to be metal. In keeping with the theme, I already know what my Sniggles is going to be. It's going to be the new new single from Zeal and Ardor called Run that I listened to like two times on Friday because it just came out on Friday. And I went, ooh, this song is fucking cool. So um, I'm a big fan of these guys. We'll talk some more about them. Uh, as we get into it next week, but they've got a new single called Run. If you haven't picked yours out, uh, that's okay. We can come yeah, back Yeah, I'm it. doing my single is going to be the beginning of the end by Crosses. Fuck yeah. It's time. <laughs> All right. I've listened to that song a few times already. I'll be excited to talk about it. Oh, yeah. 
Alrighty. Well, uh, before we wrap up, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Underscore pockets 21. You can find Dan on Instagram at Dwight privilege. You can also send us an email at wherepod at gmail.com. And just a quick reminder, um, you know, before we leave, I'm sorry that I got fat, but I will slim down. Ah! And let us know what you think. Uh, <laughs> yes. if you listen to man of war, Julia sky, right. Uh, if you do, please come back. We, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're better than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you all next week.